if my arm, like if we're doing this podcast and this is what I'm doing the whole time, right? You know something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah. And you would think something's wrong. And you guys would think something's wrong because this is weird. You're tuning in to Coach and Joe, conversations on friendship with God. Guys, welcome. Welcome back to Coach and Joe. Chris, how are you doing today, man? We got to hear you louder than that, man. I, I don't know if the, your sound has, has picked it up. Oh, I very specifically set the microphones up so they reject my voice. <laughs> well, Chris, <laughs> congratulations. I just found out yeah. uh, that Chris is about to have a baby. Not Chris, but his wife Dawn yeah, is. Baby number two. Baby Did number you know two. he had, a, he had a, one already, William? Yes, I knew that. Yes, I know his okay. son, William. See, Chris and Joe have known each other for... <laughs> At least, like, since you've been St- here. No, that's not true, because Chris was a not year? on staff when I came in. A year. Well, yeah, but Chris has been at Bridgeway. Chris volunteered before he worked on staff. And at least a year that Joe has known Chris. And at least since we've been doing Coach and Joe episodes, Chris has been at all and the guys, recording And guys, guess audio. what? Chris is about to be a, a dad to a newborn son. Not a dad for the first time, because he does have his son, William, yeah. who is amazing, who is also horrified of loud noises. We went to... The Barry's house with the school. So I'm the director of the Ascent Leadership School, which is our one-year discipleship program. And one night we went to go have a dinner at Papa's and Beer. And Chris met us there with his son, William. And then we went back to Olivia Barry's house and her that family's house. Mexican restaurant, by the way. What did I say? They won't know. Oh, Papa's and Beer is a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Papa's in Spanish is potatoes. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Spanish major, guys. You're welcome. Anyways, we went back to Olivia Berry's household, and we were playing cards, and it got very loud, and his son was horrified and started weeping. He does not like loud sounds, right? Yeah. Like, does he struggle with fireworks? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? I don't, I don't exactly set fireworks off. Fair enough. Saying. He's a great, great kid. He's about to have a sibling. <laughs> Maybe Chris knows the gender. I don't know the gender because we have never talked about it. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? I do know if it's a boy or a girl. It is a boy. He said son earlier. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, guys, Chris is about to be a father of two sons. Um, Blake has three. I have no sons. And we are here for our fourth core value. So, yeah. thank you for tuning in again. Today, we're going to take a look at our fourth core value, which is individual and yes. indivisible. Yes. What's the little tagline that comes with that? Uh, I would have known it if you didn't ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Individual and indivisible is our fourth core value here at Bridgeway. It's because we are one body with many parts. And that's the truth. So we believe as you look through the scriptures, it's undeniable. This is so funny, man. It's so important that our faith is personal. Mm -hmm. It's so underwhelmingly inaccurate to believe that that's the extent of what our faith is. So to think that we can actually know God who is himself communal, right? We have a triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. So for us to believe that our relationship with God is strictly personal is a total misunderstanding of the gospel. What we've started to understand and are working through uncovering, we have by no means arrived, but we do understand that there is more, is that we are the body of Christ. And that to actually to, to know the depths of who God is, being intimately connected with a body of believers, with the bride, is integral to grow in friendship with God. Yeah. When 
What do you think the hardest part to differentiate between individual and indivisible is, and why do you think it's so hard? I've got some hypotheses, hypotheses on why it's really hard. For, for instance, I think being in a Western mindset, which is so self-focused in development, right? So we, we, the metric that we typically use is where have you gone to school? What level of degree have you achieved in and of your own self? And then mm-hmm. what are you doing? You meet a new person, you ask, what do you do? That's typically one of the first things we ask because we, we place a lot of value in what we can do, how we can ascend in the world scale. It's really at a high value here in the United States. I mean, we pride ourselves in it. And for a lot of reasons, that's, it's a beautiful thing in the sense of our country is developed in ways that is, is remarkable. Like the United States of America, I'm proud to be an American through and through. The detriment, though, to that mentality is believing that you can become something in and of yourself when the truth is, is you can't even breathe if not for Jesus Christ holding you together. Talk about why the indivisible part of intimacy, walking, and friendship with God is so important for a Christian to understand. So we, we all love the individual side, I think, because it says that it says who we are. It shows us what we bring to the table, right? Uh, personality types are like very popular mm-hmm. in, in, terms the Enneagram. Of, in terms of social. Christians right? love the Enneagram, Enneagram stuff, Myers Briggs. Three like, weeks, seven. Them. I love them. I'm a hard five. <laughs> Chris is a hard five. Finn, right? what are you? I'm a hard seven. Okay. I do like to say, um, usually when people ask me what I am on the Enneagram, I say that I'm a 10. Which is not an Enneagram type. No, but it's one better than all the other ones. <laughs> But we love we love hearing about ourselves. Yeah. Right? We like to know, oh, this is how I work. This is why I do this. This is why I do that. This is what's valuable. This is what I bring to the table. And we all like to know what we bring to the table. Yep. And so in in individual, mm-hmm. we do value what we bring to the table. Absolutely. Right? We've all been given a sword, and we say that we are all called to swing our sword. And we want to all swing our sword. Yep. But in doing so, we also recognize that uh, when Jesus ascended, he gave all of us gifts. Right, he gave he gave to some uh, in Ephesians, right? Some apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, mm-hmm. and in doing for what so, purpose? For the equipping for of the, the equipping saints. of the saints. But here's what: in doing so, what happens is, uh, like I'm, I have a lot more grace in my life for teaching than I do for pastoring. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there's going to be a time. Well, but see, but here's the thing, though. Here's here's what happens is. Um, I can lead somebody into portions of who Christ is, but it's going to take all of the fivefold ministry working together to lead people into the fullness of who mm-hmm. Christ is. Come on, babe. And so while, yeah, like we, I, we really value what as individuals we bring to the table and what our swords are and what it looks like when we swing our swords and we celebrate those things, we do so recognizing that it actually takes all of us coming together to really reveal the fullness of who he is. And that's what we're ultimately after, is to reveal the fullness of who he is. Mm-hmm. But it takes all of us swinging our swords together. Because if someone's not swinging their sword, now all of a sudden you're missing. You're missing a big component. Mm-hmm. Do I believe that um, individualistic pursuit of God in the sense of getting away with God is important? Yeah. It's like, do I like value the spiritual disciplines of meditation and silence and solitude? And really learning to steward and host and interact intimately with the presence of God. Do I believe that's important? Absolutely. Do I believe it's exhaustive to the Christian faith? Do, do I even believe that that is the highest place to be with God? No. Matter of fact, I believe it's... it's I, I take the metric of those things out of it. I just know it's an important part. 
But see, if I don't have relationship with you, mm-hmm. who is a literal fivefold teacher, like that's like it's a it's a gift that God has given you. I have Blake is one of the teachers at our at our discipleship school. I am the director of the school. When Blake teaches, I sit and I I am fed. It's not like he's my peer. I don't need to be in there when he's there. Like when Blake is teaching, I want to be in the classroom to receive what God has put in him because I understand that God has hidden himself. There's a scripture that says if you honor a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. The scripture is finished by saying if you honor a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you receive a righteous man's reward. What that scripture is saying, that as the body of Christ, whose righteousness we find in Jesus Christ, from the least to the greatest, yeah. from the fivefold teacher prophet yeah. to the to the newly born again saint when yeah. we honor people when we see Christ in people there are things for us to receive there's reward hidden in all all believers that are filled with the spirit of the lord i just really want to encourage some people because i've really sensed that this this friendship with god this journey that you've taken you've done it largely from an individualistic standpoint unknowingly that you've taken on a yoke that Jesus never called you to take on or a burden he's never called you to bear. And that even in your, in your honest heart posture pursuit of who God is, you've actually done it in a silo. I've been saying that a lot lately, that, that I don't want to live my life in a silo. I don't want to do things individualistically. And I really sense that the Holy Spirit is bringing, is bringing emancipation to you, is bringing a freedom to you right now. Like I literally feel like yokes are falling off right now. It's like, it's like keys unlocking doors and minds. It's like, oh my gosh, I was never meant to do this alone. Oh my gosh, it's actually not more holy to do this in a silo alone, but that we are the body of Christ and that I actually need people. You know, for so long, people can get, can get really shame-filled for being people that are connectors and, and always with other people. Now, the other ditch is equally as bad, right? If you find yourself in community unhealthily, where community is your idol and you, mm. you fill up your schedule with time because you like truly you don't never want to be alone, never want to sit. You always want to do, 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 do. And it's actually a way for you to cope and to avoid deep things that you'll only come out through individualistic intimacy with the Father. I would really encourage you to, to correct that. But I, I also want to encourage those who've been stuck in that, in that silo of believing that friendship with God is, so, is solely personal. Like, yes, you will stand on the Bama seat by yourself. I won't stand there with you, Blake. No. When, when I stand before Jesus Christ, I will be alone on that day. But the life lived out will be a beautiful picture of how I interacted with his bride. With you. With Chris. With his two sons. With Don, with Fanny, with Joanna, with, with Josiah. Like, God, I almost am seeing a picture right now. This is weird. But I, I'm seeing a mural, and it's just colors everywhere. And I really sense that what God is showing me is that that we are the colors, that the fullness of life is found in, in the colors, is found yeah. in the diversity, is yeah. found in the different ways that Fanon sees God, that you yeah. see God, that I see him. And we all, we all behold different aspects and natures of his face. In the scriptures, it says that, that they stand before him and cry out, holy, holy, holy. And they just eternally, they, they eternally are crying out that God is holy. It's because yeah. they're beholding new sides of his face. Like he's a... Yeah. He's, a, he's a, a diamond if a diamond could capture even a glimpse of the fullness of who he is. But every way you turn it, there's newness. There's new aspects of who he is. And guys, we are, we are the ones that contain his presence. Yeah. He lives within us. 
And so the joy of life, you guys, is, is interacting in healthy community, not codependent stuff where you need people, but healthy where you love them, mm-hmm. where you need them only because God has hidden himself in them. And through honoring one another, we can actually see the fullness of who he is. This indivisible part of this conversation is so beautiful. Yeah, This was the picture that, that really helped kind of cement it for me of what it, of what it means is if you take something that's really simple, like I'm just going to kick a soccer ball, right? And then you break down what has to happen to kick a soccer ball. Like my eyes are involved because I need to look at where the soccer ball is, right? My my hips are going to be involved, my shoulders are be involved, my legs are involved, my knees involved, my foot's involved. There's a whole lot of steps that have to happen Come on, just play. for me to kick the soccer ball. In that moment, my foot might be the star of the show, right? Because my foot's the one that's making contact with the ball and kicking it. But the reality is that the whole process breaks down if the body's not in alignment with the head. Because the head is what's saying, we're going to go kick that soccer ball. Right? And in our conversation, the head, the head is ultimately is Jesus. Come on. And so the goal of the body, the goal of all the parts, right? The goal of all of the individuals is that our lives look like lives that are in alignment with the head. And if our lives are out of alignment with the head, it's an indication there's a problem in the body. If my arm, like if we're doing this podcast and this is what I'm doing the whole time, right? You know something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah. And you would think something's wrong. And you guys would think something's wrong. Because this is weird. Oh, it's weird. So for the podcast listeners. He's yeah. just kind of... I'm waving my arm. If you're not watching and you're listening, I'm waving a body part in a way that's inconsistent, out of alignment with the head. Because it, it should be in alignment. Bodies are supposed to be in alignment with the head because everything comes from the head and then flows down. That's right. And so in the church, everything comes from the head of the church and then it flows outward. And our job as believers is to, is to put ourselves into alignment with the rest of the body. One of the things I love that you just said is the word church. I've heard more in the past two years of people being over-organized church and just for, you know, community, um, you know, worship nights. Um, not really a, involved with a church, but, but you know, just kind of have my own, my own thing, my own walk with God. Do I think there's anything wrong with a worship night? Absolutely not. I think it's beautiful. Do I think there's anything wrong with having people in your home? No. But a very practical step, right? Because that's what we want to be able to do to help the people listening to this is, okay, how can I apply this to my life? If I would have known this as a young man trying to, trying to learn what the fullness of God, what, what, what God wants for me on this earth, if I would have known this one thing, it would have shifted my life in a way that would have been beautiful, is that serving at a church is an integral part of connecting yourself to the body. And here, let me tell you why. Serving is not just for serving's sake. It's saying, you took the lowest place, Jesus. And so what I'm going to do out of honor and reverence for you is do the same to the bride that you gave your life for. It is, it is aligning yourself and saying, I, I want to at least... Now, it's not even close to the sacrifice that Jesus made, but it is an offering to him that he is worthy of. Like, join, join your church. Don't just go on a Sunday, but serve it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love her. Wash your church's feet serve. This is not so that your pastor can just have a better running thing or so that your church functions better. It's because of love, right? Like, like this whole thing is a love-based gospel. And the, the most beautiful act is for us to serve the body that Jesus died for. Yeah. You know, so, so if I just want to leave you guys with this one thing. If you're learning to bridge the gap between individual and indivisible and are wondering the step to take, for those of you who aren't already, Whatever church body, and when I say church body, I mean where are you getting fed? Where is the community of believers 
the community that God has called you to in this season. We've got people that listen to this in Australia, in England, in South Carolina, in Michigan, in Florida, all over the world. Where is the local body of believers that he has called you to be running this race with? And ask yourself one question, am I serving her? And if the answer to that is no, how can I do that? Okay, uh, so one more thing that we want to make sure we address with individual and indivisible, because we talked a lot about individual early on and the value of it, and we spent a lot talking about uh, the indivisible aspect of this core value. But one thing that, that, we, that we want to make sure that we address when it comes to the individual side, and I see it happen a ton of times, and I've been guilty of it myself, especially as we find out who we are and who God created us to be, because it's really exciting. What happens is we find out who we are, we can use that as ways to excuse bad behavior. And so I love I love personality stuff. I love Myers Briggs stuff. I love Enneagram. I love Fivefold. Yeah. I'm an INTP hard five teacher. I love those things. But because I know who I am in those things, my tendency is to now say anything that's outside of those, I'm excused from doing. And so I might say I'm not pastoral on the fivefold. And because I'm not pastoral, then that means if there's a pastoral moment that comes up, I don't have to participate in it. And that's untrue. Because as we talked about in our last core value, to not care for somebody when they need care is outside of the boundary of love. Come on. And so as someone that's abiding by the law of the kingdom of heaven, even though it's uncomfortable for me, and even though it's awkward, and even though I'm not good at it, I can engage in a pastoral moment. Now, it may mean that I quickly get in over my head, and that I need to know and be mature enough to, to understand when do I need to bring in someone that has a stronger pastoral gifting than I do. Yeah to make sure that that person's properly cared for, right? But it's the same thing. I'm an introvert, so I don't have to talk to anybody, right? And it's fundamentally untrue. It, it goes against the Great Commission, because how are you going to go and make disciples if you can't talk to anybody? Well, right? I'm an and, introvert. And there's not any asterisks that say, except for the introverts, mm-hmm. like, you guys are cool. Just just chill out, and, and it'll be all good, and we'll we'll hang out in heaven one day. Mm-hmm. So as we as we do, and, and I encourage you guys, like, if you don't know what your personality type stuff is, look it up because it's great. But what I see those things are is, is the real value of the personality types and, and of Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, all that. The real value of it is, is to show me where I need to be intentional in my life mm. and to show me that if I'm not, if I'm not by default a, a pastoral person or if I'm not by default someone that's going to be inclusive of people around me or someone that's going to consider somebody else's feelings and decisions I make, then that just shows me that if I'm going to abide by the law of love, I need to be more intentional in those areas. Thanks for tuning in to Coach and Joe. Catch more episodes on YouTube and podcast. To take a deeper look at friendship with God, check out coachandjoe.com.